Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I do my interviews walking and talking around LA. This interview is with Morgan, a half of the Slumberjack duo. The other half is Fletcher. I put out his interview as well. The two came onto the scene four years ago, and since then they've had songs with Alice in Wonderland, Quix, Josh Pan, and have toured and performed in so many festivals, hard, nocturnal, they have the dead. Really, really fun guys. So sweet, so genuine, and I hope you guys enjoy this one as well. Today I'm here with Morgan. Hello. From Slumberjack. Hi, Lauren. <laughs> so you were born in, is it Borneo? I was born in Borneo, yeah. Yeah, that's right. How, what was, were your parents from there? My parents are from, I think my grandparents are from China. They moved to Malaysia and then my parents met there. And then I got born in uh, Borneo. So that's above Kalimantan. It's a, like a pretty big island and yeah. we're about two hours away from Kuala Lumpur. What was your parents' career that brought you to Borneo? I think it was general? mining first. Oh! My, my grandparents, yeah. So That's cool. Mining and I think just general escaping the whole communist China thing. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it just like, so both your parents, but then how about like all your relatives? Did they move as well? Um, let me see. Uh, no. So. My, grand, my grandfather moved to Malaysia and then we have, and he had 13 kids. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, 13. <laughs> so I have, I have a few cousins, probably like 30 cousins or something like that. Damn. I don't remember all their names though. <laughs> I mean, I know them, yeah. right? so shout out cousins. <laughs> but it's so hard to remember everyone right now. Do you have many memories or did you spend many years in Borneo? Yeah, so I spent uh, up till I was eight, 18. Wow. Yeah, I moved to Australia when I was 19 stayed in Australia till recently and we just moved to LA. Just crazy, yeah. Like three weeks ago, yeah. <laughs> I think I've been to, I'm trying to think, I think I've been to Borneo on like a school trip, but we probably did like super different stuff to like what you do. Let's see, what do like, we as do? as a local. What do we do in, what do we well, do in well, how Borneo? Did you, yeah, what do you do outside of school? Mm, because we came from a super Asian background, I think I did a lot more studying yeah. and art and tennis. Are we gonna die? We're not gonna die. We'll just cross, fuck yeah. it. We'll cross, we're not gonna die. Bye. <laughs> um, no, okay, so basically I, I go to school. Uh, we, at school starts at 7.30. We finish at 4 mm-hmm. p.m. Um, and then by 5, I'll be in the car. My mom would have uh, food ready, so I'll eat that. Go straight to either uh, golf lessons oh, wow. or art or music uh, or extra classes. So I really finish my day at about 10 p.m. So I just go to bed and I wake up and repeat. There are days yeah. where I wake up a lot earlier. So my dad would wake me up at like four or five mm-hmm. and we would play golf. And then after golf, I'll go straight to school and start my day Damn. at 7.30. Were you so, competitive? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> For like how many years did you do a lot of competitions? Oh, I, I did uh, debate competitions. I did, oh my God. Um, I did theater, like drama. Uh, ooh, we did... I did a lot of sports. I was the house captain. I had to play a lot of golf. My dad, dad uh, enrolled me in a lot of uh, competitions as well. What else? Rubik's cube things. Chess. Really? Competitions? Yeah, I just gotta do wow. all of it. Wow! Gotta make your family proud. Yeah. <laughs> How do you describe yourself back then? Boring. Really? <laughs> That's all I did. Um, well, you, you do a lot more than the average kid though. <laughs> no, I think... 
I think I do about the same as an average Asian kid. Yeah, Asian. Yeah, that's the right? thing. But let me see, what else? Ah,、uh, I did. I I did force my parents to let me learn the piano. Oh, really? That's a weird one, right? Yeah, because normally Asian because parents. Because usually force, Asian parents、yeah. would, would force you to play a certain instrument. But I saw a kid play the Godfather's theme、uh, when I was, I think, ten or eleven,、mm-hmm. and it took about a year or two to convince my parents that. I want to learn how to play the piano. That's so rare, and so, they're pushing you to do other stuff. Yeah, yeah. So my dad was like, "Okay, if you're gonna learn the piano, you're gonna have to drop something else, right?" I go, "No, no, no. We don't have to. We just have to add on. <laughs> I don't have to, you know, have a lot of time." And my dad goes, "All right, prove to me that you can get four hundred percent on、uh, on on four units. So a hundred percent on four units、yeah. in, in high school, and the rest has to be A's. So above eighty percent." So on top of that, I need four hundreds,、yeah. and I had to maintain that for every month to continue my piano lessons. If I drop the forty,、uh, if I drop that level、uh, of, of, I guess,、uh, academic, academic qualification, I stop the piano lesson for that month. So I proved them enough. After six to eight months, I think、um, my dad said, "Okay, you're not in this just to like screw around, so、yeah. you can." Why were they so hesitant about piano? That's like the most PG thing you could do. I know, I know, but he he was like, because at the time I was doing taekwondo already. Yeah. It's like if you're gonna do piano, you have to quit taekwondo because that's bad for your knuckles. Oh, play, like it's to like, play competitively, okay, right. right? And then he goes, if you're not doing taekwondo, you're not gonna be fit enough to play good golf. So. So、I mean, he's contradicts. Yeah. Right. So he's not about not playing piano. Yeah. It was more about. Him trying to make sure I can do everything and、yeah. compliments and, and compliment all the stuff I'm doing at、yeah. the same time. But you, I guess they were pushing you in a really academic way then. Yeah, I um we didn't come from a family、uh, with a lot of education.、Um, my generation was the first generation to、uh, do tertiary studies. Oh wow! So me, my sister, and you know my immediate first cousin. Uh, we 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 are the only ones that got to got got actually finished high school,、wow. and then gone on to do other stuff.、Yeah. Everyone else kind of just, you know, did the whole trade tradey thing and just kind of came up as、yeah. they learned, you know, as they grew up. So that's kind of it was kind of tough. But I remember my dad telling me stories about, you know, when they first moved here, he was selling rice cakes on the street,、Damn. and then this one guy was so mean to him. He was a kid, and told him he will give him a dollar. If he could eat all the rice cakes he had on his table, yeah. So my dad tried to eat the whole thing to get a dollar, but he couldn't finish it. So、yeah. the guy didn't give him the dollar, and my dad ate half the stuff he was supposed to sell. Oh my god! And then he's supposed to go back to my grandma, and I think he got a beating too. That's crazy <laughs> though. But from moving on from that to like their careers in mining, that's really impressive. Yeah. So、wow. very very impressive. At at some point, I think at one point too, my grandfather started as a taxi driver. Yeah. As well, yeah.、Um, I think I read somewhere that they listened to a lot of like classical music, or like what kind of music did you grow up listening to? Like that they were playing. <laughs> My dad listened to a lot of like、um, just typical old stuff, like old people music, like Air Supply. <laughs> old people music. Air Supply.、Uh, who else? That's、um, no. And then he started listening listening to this pianist、uh, Richard Clayderman. Clayderman.、Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I was like, oh, I really like the sound of piano. I think that's where it started building, and.、Um, It was just piano and world music. My mom would like to play Tibetan、uh, Buddhist chants、wow, in, in the car. 
and uh, Hakka too. So Hakka, it's uh, you know the yeah, 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 it's in the province of China. Mm -hmm. I think Foshan, and she she would have CDs of those uh, monks or temples, and she would just play that. Yeah. Do you think that influences the music you make now? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. After that, I got this huge love for world music, and I joined this band called Kanid uh, in Borneo, and we played. Uh, a, Rainfor a Rainforest World Music Festival. Oh, how old were you? Uh, man, I was, I think, 16 or 17, or less, like 15 or 16. Damn. Yeah, so for those two years, um, I miss those guys. We're like a bunch of really close friends. Um, and I think from there on, doing electronic music, all I could hear was world music. Mm -hmm. So it, it's almost like a cop-out for me first, because I didn't have the skills to make crazy sounds on synthesizers and... Mm -hmm. I was just I was just grabbing sounds off YouTube that I'm familiar with. Yeah. And then putting a beat underneath it. <laughs> it's not until I met Fletcher that yeah. he that he showed me a couple of like yeah, production tricks. So then the whole there was this whole mixture. So I was teaching him stuff and he was teaching me. I think that's where the whole summer mm -hmm. jack thing came about. Where do you think you get your creative side from if your parents aren't that creative? Um, my dad is a he great is? musician. Oh wow. Yeah. I know. He was supposed to be a musician. He was actually on the way to Boston yeah. uh, for the Berkeley College of Music That's years crazy. ago. This is uh, this is before I was born, and he got to I think it was Hong Kong or Taiwan, and then he had a freak out moment. So he threw the ticket away, yeah. flew back to Malaysia, and kept doing business. So I felt like oh my God. I feel like he deliberately let that dream go to make sure I could have mine. Yeah. So it's pretty noble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because crazy. at that at that time I think being a musician isn't as lucrative as being a musician musician now. Mm-hmm. Back then he was just a kid um, with you know no not a lot of education but great musicality. He threw that away just to make sure he did the right thing. Um, you know, made sure made some money for the family so we could have an education, we could have, you know, fulfill our dreams. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What wait, what so what instrument did he do? Piano too. Oh. And he can play the sax as well. Damn. So like jazz. Yeah. So I would go back and I would jam with my dad on the piano. I'll be on like the bass registers, he'll be on the top soloing. Yeah. Yeah. He still kicks my ass though. <laughs> so awesome. Does has he like mentored you in a certain way? Oh, or so like... so when I when I did um when I uh, my first piano lesson, um my dad already yeah, so actually to think back now, mm -hmm. he wasn't not supportive of the piano thing. He just wanted to make sure I would keep on doing it. He actually right. bought the piano in day two. Oh, wow. Now if I think about it, I'm like, if you, you know, you, he bought the piano day two after my first lesson. So he literally just um, sat down and taught me the Godfather's theme. Because that's when I was like, I want to play what yeah. that kid play. So um, within five hours, I was actually picking it up. He was, he was teaching me a really simple version, mm -hmm. but I was playing with two hands within five hours. I was like, this is the craziest thing ever. I remember that <laughs> ride because um, when you start learning how to play the piano, mm -hmm. you couldn't, I think a person couldn't separate their left brain and right brain to control left hand and right oh, hand. Oh, interesting, yeah. So when, when I was finally able to let that go on autopilot within five hours, because my dad taught me this like simple trick, mm -hmm. I was just, I remember that feeling. I was just looking down my fingers going like, oh my God, they're doing the thing. They're doing that cool, you know, spidery thing yeah it's so dope um, and I think from there I just kept going so yeah he taught me a lot a lot a lot was it always you two like you and your sister or did you have other siblings no it's just me and my sister 
how did you wait did, so she realized that she had synesthesia and then you realized that you had synesthesia or how did that happen oh with synesthesia my sister first spoke up about it and i and it was kind of weird my sister first came up to me and she hit a note mm-hmm. on a piano it was c sharp and just like does this like taste funny to you i was like whoa okay i thought i was the weird one mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like what do you mean she's like it tastes like a ball with with like spikes on it right and, and it's on my tongue but how old were you she was like seven i was no she oh, was pretty no, no, no. early on this was um a, an organ that we had in the house but i it wasn't really working and i only oh God, a couple notes an organ. <laughs> yeah an organ and I, I wasn't playing the piano yet i wasn't playing anything yet my dad was just like oh this is an old organ from my grandfather we just leave it there as like a heirloom yeah. kind of thing and she'll hit a note she's like it's like a ball with spikes on it and it's red color but she couldn't taste the actual taste she could feel the texture on her tongue and right. the color I tasted that C-sharp too, as like a red gummy bear. So I can see where she's coming from. I was like, it's not, it's not as spiky for me, it's kind mm-hmm. of furry, and it has that like cranberry taste. Yeah. And my sister started drawing, she's like, this is what it looks like, right? So we started having fun with like, this, and, and like, she would hit a note and go, okay, I'm gonna draw something, and you're gonna write something and see if it fits. And it's very common that we, nail the same wow. color tone if it's yeah. not yellow she would like she would say yellowish green yeah. and and like yeah. sour and she would go like tot you know but do your parents have us or just you two no it's just the both of us kind of weird yeah and then from there on um I, I thought it was just normal until until recently oh really until recently yeah <laughs> until recently i just thought people are like that's just weird that you think it tastes a certain way and then we i think that's where people start knowing about my synesthesia yeah yeah pharrell has it too yeah yeah, yeah. a lot like, of musicians actually have it what about the music you make now do you think it's changed from the beginning music like uh, with the taste wise yes um i think we are always around the flavor of uh elderflowers oh interesting yeah like elderflower uh drinks you know the taste yeah. of elderflowers yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we're on the right path if most of the records we make taste around that taste. Interesting. Yeah. Oh. So when I go into the studio, if it's something tastes like elderflower to me, I go, okay, this is this can be good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so cool. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you study like was it business finance type stuff? Finance and accounting and economics. Was that something that you were interested in yourself? No, or? just because I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wait, uh, were well, you good was, at like these I'll, subjects yeah. in, co- yeah, in yeah, high yeah, school? Yeah, like yeah. math and... I was, I was really good at math. Um, I really enjoyed solving equations. And that's, that's what I thought yeah. was going to do, you know, make some money mm-hmm. and, and, and make a life out of doing that. But it wasn't until going to Australia I realized, you know, I think it's more common in first world or developed countries mm-hmm. to preach art and and the follow your dreams yeah. motto. Actually, with that move, did you feel any like um, culture, or, like you couldn't fit in? Oh, people stick their chopsticks in their rice. I can't stand that. Isn't that, that's like bad. It's like you're going to commit suicide, right? That's a funeral. Oh. Um, it's a funeral offering. Yeah, it's something yeah. death related. And, and Oh yeah, death related, yeah. Or... <laughs> People putting their shoes on the table. 
Oh, is that a thing? In Australia? Wow. Like, before they get changed, they just put it like on the oh, really? they don't, don't think of the table. So, yeah. in terms of culture, I, I, I see that as like a heavy disrespect to the table. Yeah. This is where you put your food. Don't disrespect it by putting your dirty ass shoes <laughs> yeah, exactly. on the table. It's a couple of things. And then I, I you know, kind of assimilated really quickly because yeah. I just wanted to be welcomed. It's always this feeling of being the, the, the foreign kid on the block. Yeah. And you just try to hang out. I, I make a point to hang out with the locals, like oh, Australians. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, as much yeah. as I can. Did you meet lots of music friends early on when you moved there? Or? Uh, I was lucky. I have this friend uh, in Perth. Two, two of them, actually. They came up to me and go, Oh, we heard um, you practice in the dorm piano the other mm -hmm. day. Because we were lucky to have a music room in our dorm in, in my, my first year in Perth. And he was like, you want to come and jam? So he lent me his guitar. Yeah. Another guy, another of my, one of my best mates, lent me his keyboard. So I started like, picking it up and practicing again. I was, I was ready to let that all go. Mm -hmm. I was ready to like, forget all about my, my music training wow. and my classical studies. So it's very lucky and I feel really blessed for them to... You know, it was, it's such a simple gesture of just handing me the guitar. I was like, oh shit, I can play something again. Yeah. So I started practicing and from there on, we just started jamming together. We did weddings. I asked him playing like sing. Oh my no, 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 God. playing. Like oh, covering, wow. covering like, you know, Jason Mraz and, and what's that song again? All the other kids with the pumped up. Oh, I know Kicks you better run. Yeah, I remember that <laughs> song. We were just covering those stuff. And it was super fun. And then from there on, it was like, just straight up. Um, he, they were like, oh, you just you just pursue music. So I just kept going. Did on. you put out stuff before Slumberjack under no. a different oh, name? No. Uh, yeah. People are gonna find it. <laughs> um, actually, interview yesterday. I actually found out. <laughs> I tried to delete everything of the internet, but they yeah. found out anyway. I actually Damn. put out some like electro big room remixes of like I think it was a late back Luke track. There was a, a Skrillex track that I really enjoyed. Oh, it's Make It Bundam. That's oh. the uh, Damon Marley one. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and it, it's, no one heard of it. It's that bad. It's so horrendous. It's but only after I met Fletch we started to... You never tried to push yourself to like even like send to uh, music blogs and stuff? No, because I know it's not good. I needed yeah. to walk before I could run. Yeah. So it wasn't good at all. It really sucked. But there were, there were moments where I really didn't know what I was, gonna, what I was doing. I didn't know what a reverb was. Mm -hmm. until, until I met Fletch, he goes, That's, I, all I could explain is that sound, once you apply reverb, you instantly add powder to the taste. Interesting, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay, that's, that's diffusion. You put that sound in a room, mm -hmm. hence it sounds like it's in a room. That's what a reverb is. And from there, things just, like start clicking for me. I wasn't he listening, I was tasting. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the weird thing. But you graduated with your like finance degree, yeah, right? And yeah. you were like starting to internet Ernst & Young. Yes. Was that like right after graduation? Right or? after, uh, I was given the offer to take an internship and I decided not to do it on the day of the interview. Oh my god. I just, I was like... But your music got into already like a certain point already, right? Um, we were going to the first, the second, no, no, no. To the second, yeah, electronic music conference in Sydney. 
we were given the spotlight artist position, like a, a yeah. Not a, it's like a title, like a delegate. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, this could mean something. Screw this interview. I can always come back. Yeah. Doing, um, I was doing rock climbing mm -hmm. after after graduation. I didn't want to get into a job. Well, like full time? Like, yeah. Wait, yeah. Like was, as a hobby or did you teach it? I started teaching it. Oh, yeah. wow. So I started climbing full time and I started teaching it um, at, at just a local climbing gym. That's all I was doing. And then from there on, um, I did the uh, a, a Perth DJ competition, and I went on to win it. And I found out that Fletcher won the year yeah. before I did. Wait, so how did your friends teach you DJing, or or you taught yourself? I taught myself how to DJ because I was DJing not with your typical uh, equipment. Mm -hmm. I bought a launch pad, which is something with like a lot of buttons, and I learned how to connect that to the computer with Ableton, and I was doing like live triggering and I was yeah. drumming on stage. Oh wow. I thought that was what DJs do. I really <laughs> thought. Because yeah. that, was my, that was like my first thing. They were like, you need to play, this is this kind of music, you're 20 minutes, you gotta cover these genres. I go, okay, if I'm just gonna go up and press play, is that playing? Because I came from the heavy playing background. I was yeah. like, and so I didn't know. It's too easy for you almost. It's not too easy, I literally thought, there must be something else DJs are doing on stage. Yeah. Uh, and, and there is a lot that they're doing, like, you know, reading the crowd and choosing the right songs. But I was, I was so engulfed in the whole, I got to play. Yeah. I literally chopped up all the songs I knew and I did a, like a mashup on the pads. And then from there on, they couldn't judge me based on your typical um, DJing criteria, so they just, I think, let me have the championship. Yeah. Or the, the, the winning. <laughs> That's so funny. It was like a blessing in disguise. I, I remember the first day I got there, and I was on day two on the competition. On day one, I, I walked to the balcony to see what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh shit, I really messed this one up. This is not what they're doing. <laughs> Maybe I should, you know, and I didn't know how to use the equipment at all. I was just like, okay, if I get kicked out, I'll get kicked out. Just yeah. What did your parents think of all this? And like, I guess, becoming full-time musician? Um, my dad initially was like, are you sure like, this is exactly what you want to do? I go, I'm, I'm very, very sure. And I think that's all your parents want to know is whether you're going to commit to it and are you going to be okay. Yeah. So I go, just give me, give me a year. If our music doesn't get out and, and, and get us our first like, check to, to, for, for money, for, for you know, living, um, I, I would quit and I will get a normal job, I'll get a regular 9 to 5, and I'll quit. Give yeah. me one year. And we... And you did it! Yeah! <laughs> I was like, shit! When I, by the time I said that, it was like four months in, and we had to still put our music out. And then we got signed to a label, and our management picked us up, and from there I was like, oh, oh my God. finally. At least you like, yeah. did what your dad set out you to do. Yeah. And now we're in LA. Yeah, I moved here. <laughs> we all moved here. <laughs> Going back to like the Perth scene, we were kind of like in a bubble, I guess, which is kind of like a blessing in disguise, right? Right. Because you were like not, you, didn't, you weren't like in the world trends or like in Australia trends and stuff. Not, not even in any trend. In, a, yeah. in, in Perth, it was so hard um, that like if you were to, you know, go on the internet and, and listen to your favorite artist, they, they feel like a million miles away. So you kind of have to develop your own style. Yeah. So I think in Perth, we have a few artists. We've got Taku. Yeah. Um, ourselves, we've got Zeke, Empire of the Sun, Tim Impala. 
Like these guys are all special in their own right. Yeah. Which I feel it's a lot to, to, to what do you say, uh, in, with regards to the cultural difference. Because mm -hmm. we're so isolated. Yeah. But there are also like people in Perth. I think they're like into different type of stuff like drum and bass or like grime. band stuff. Grime. They yeah, love grime. Yeah. yeah Was like, it hard like to find your own like local base or did you like really quickly go like international like Australia fans? Um, in Australia it's tough. Even like not just for me from Perth, just in Australia, like being in Australia in general. Because fans there are spoiled with a lot of good quality musicians and yeah. artists. So for us to find our sound, it took us a year of copying all our favorite artists. We literally had a moment where we were like, let's learn how to make all Skrillex music. <laughs> and we did it. Damn. And we are like, we really like it, but that's not us. Yeah. And then there was a moment where we go, let's try to make all Flume music because we really love Flume. Ah, that's not us either. And then we tried to do Timberland as well. <laughs> and it's not us. So how did you real was how do you realize there was like a specific song you made that you were like, wait, this is like totally us. us. Yeah. Uh, it's when, shout out Mr. Carmack, he... Yeah, you were like in a studio with he him. Came, right? He came he to my house. Part. Oh, wow. He was so nice that like, he didn't know who I was. He didn't know who we were. We were mm -hmm. way too small to, to be anything, but he's just such a humble and cool guy. He came with one of the one of the friends that we also mutually know in Perth to just go, oh, I'm just going to bring Carmack over to your house and chill out. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I was really excited. Yeah. Then he just sat in the studio. I remember um, we had cookies together. And then he started just like, oh, you mind if I open uh, a co your computer and let's yeah. start making something? So he started making um, a beat and we started working on something together. And I realized, I, I, I looked at him, his workflow so closely and I realized he was doing everything that we, we would deem wrong. Oh, that's interesting. So Fletch and I are very book people too. Yeah. We read a lot. We like to use numbers and analyze everything. Having to uh, meet Mr. Carmack and him just completely destroying that idea and go, you just go with the flow. Whatever sounds good, you do it. Even if the meter or whatever you're trying to read is telling you it's wrong. Yeah. Just go by what sounds the best and, and feels the best. So from there, I was like, this is insane because what he's doing looks so wrong, mm -hmm. but sounds so good. And from there on, I think we found our sound, like from that day. Oh, wow. Yeah. From that day, we just started to like, ah, just do whatever we want yeah. to do. And, and kind of use his workflow. I think we're still very far away from what uh, he showed us, but mm -hmm. we're, we're getting there. Now that you've moved to like LA, are there like any specific things you want done or like how you see your progress your career progress now that you're here? I think being in LA makes it easier to meet other people. I think that's the idea, you know, in the, in the beginning why we decided to move to LA is that we can just call up anyone else and go into the studio whenever. Yeah. So that's really important for us to, not just the idea of collaboration, but I think Fletcher and I are more concerned with learning. So mm. whoever we jump in the studio with, yeah. is, you know, a song might come out, a song might not come out, but Hopefully, we get to learn something, we also get to teach something. So from there, I think every, every it's a win-win, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In Perth, it's a little bit hard, because, you know, not, no a, not one enough people. Yeah, same as me growing up in Hong Kong, like, no one. No, no one, one comes exactly. Yeah. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, my music. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That will be, that will be my legacy, oh. I hope. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. See ya.